0: hello 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 Hello. welcome to three stooges throwback the comprehensive encyclopedic compendium of all things three stooges from woman haters to sappy bullfighters from curly to shemp and even to joe i am your host gabriel russo and i'm looking at all 190 shorts produced for columbia pictures by the three stooges comedy team That's right. The Three Stooges comedy team. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Gabriel Russo. Let's get right to it. This episode is the 14th short produced by the Three Stooges. It's called Half Shot Shooters. It was filmed March 18th to the 21st, 1936, and it was released April 30th, 1936, with a runtime of about 18 and a half minutes, 1835. Once again, I watched this short on Daily Motion because that was the closest I could get to the original runtime with nothing cut, evidently. I get most of my information from Wikipedia, from IMDB, and from threestooges.net. There's also a threestooges.com that has some information sometimes. I was getting the two confused. Threestooges.net is the one that I use more than any. This short features the final appearance of the iconic Columbia lady with the torch, the sparkling torch. Sparkler torch, I suppose. This one stars Mo Larry, and Curly. Notable cast, Stanley Blystone. We've covered him before, but he was in 500 films from 1924 to 1956. Several stooge films. He was in uh, Modern Times with Charlie Chaplin. Several Laurel and Hardy shorts. You may remember that he was the guy who died of a heart attack right on the street. He was dressed as a cowboy for the Wyatt Earp TV show by Desilu Pictures, or Desilu Studios, rather, which is Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. This one also features Vernon Dent in his first Stooge appearance. Vernon started in the 1920s. Uh, he worked with Max Sennett Studios. He was Harry Langdon's partner. He was a comedian, a silent era comedian, one of the earliest He was in 96 Stooge films. That is the most of any supporting character, or supporting actor, rather. He was in 400 films altogether. They were mostly shorts. He was only in a few features. He was uh, mostly known for his shorts, and like I say, mostly known, especially today, mostly known for his uh, work with the Stooges. He had diabetes later on in life and went blind. And just an interesting thing, at Shemp's funeral in 1955, he was, uh, he had to be led to that he was completely blind, and had to be led to the casket by a friend, Emil Sitka. He was with the glasses, he hasn't shown up yet. Who's kind of a nebbishy guy in the Stooges shorts, and he, he was in a lot of Stooges shorts. He said that one of the most moving things he had ever seen was uh, Vernon having to be led to Shemp's casket side, and he stood there. Everyone else had just filed by. Vernon stood up there and touched Shemp's face, you know, said his goodbyes. Took a little while doing it. He died in 1963 and is buried in Forest Lawn Cemetery. We are, we'll probably revisit both of these biographies over the course of the show. But for now, on with this episode. It's produced by Jules White. Directed by Preston Black. Now Jules White. He later started directing. He was a producer of this one. He started directing p- f- shorts in 1938. His brother was the director of this one, Preston Black. We've covered him also, but his name is Jack White. But he changed his name to Preston Black due to uh, divorce issues. His directorial debut was our uh, was the 12th short, Ants in the Pantry, and he was good at uh, reincorporating old footage into the new shorts. People couldn't tell, audiences couldn't tell, especially like after Curly dies and they reuse some of that material. With Shemp, went over audiences' heads. They had no idea. They thought they were all new shorts. The story and screenplay were by Clyde Bruckman. Covered him as well a couple of episodes, but just real quickly, uh, he worked with Buster Keaton, W.C. Fields, Laurel and Hardy, Abbott and Costello, the whole nine, the Stooges. He worked with Harold Lloyd. He had alcohol problems and got in trouble for recycling gags. Like I said, we covered him a couple of episodes ago. He borrowed uh, Buster Keaton's gun and killed himself in 1955. He left a typed note to the gentleman of the Santa Monica Police Department. So I couldn't remember if I covered that little tidbit in the uh the last time we talked about him or not so and now really on with the show like i said this is half shot shooters we open in 1918 on the battlefield Uh, my first thought was this has got to be obviously it's from another movie because it's it's a huge battlefield scene world war one the budget would just be too huge and my first thought was i wonder if this is from all's quiet on the western front i've never seen that movie but i've heard of it and turns out, yes, it is. All that stock footage of in the very beginning of the war is from All Quiet on the Western Front, which is one of the first big war epics back then. So the boys are asleep behind a wall. Bombs going off all around them. Moe and Curly wake up and they start arguing. Larry wakes up. Come on, guys, you're spoiling the war for me. It's a terrible Larry impression. <laughs> so uh, he says, come on, you're spoiling the war. And Mo says, yeah, what of it? And he says, well, I'm just saying. Uh, we cut to... A group of officers, and they're getting a signal. They get a signal that the war is over. A happy sergeant runs around, runs to spread the word, where he promptly trips over Curly's sleeping body. Curly jumps up and immediately surrenders, which I thought was, was pretty funny. He says, you're yellow. He yells at Curly, and at one point he says, you're still yellow. And Curly says, not me, I'm in the pink. At this point, the sarge punches Curly straight in the eye. He says, now you're in the black. Curly says, we would enjoy this war if it wasn't for you. He says, well, it's over. They called it off. They called it off. The fun way of saying that the war is over. The sergeant in this one is super violent. There's not a whole lot of uh, humor to his mind. It's just straight up. So Sarge stands up Larry and punches him straight in the eye. Knocks him down. Then he grabs Moe and you hear the crack, crack, crack sound as he breaks Moe's arm. I mean, it's unbelievable. Then there's kind of a... uh, Kind of a lame gag of uh, them throwing their rifles in the air because they're excited that the war is over. The rifles come down and knock them out. An easy way of ending the scene. So we cut to HQ. Moe's arm is still in a sling where, when he walks out. So he does have a broken arm. They see Sarge. They thank Sarge because they've been decorated. They all have medals. The army thought they were injured in the war when actually they had just been brutalized by Sarge. Uh, Sergeant McGillicuddy, I thought he looked like Stacy Keach in some scenes. Kind of resembles him throughout, but there were some turns of the head or angles and was like, whoa, he really looks like Stacy." Keech. It's not, and he's not related. It's just a thing I noticed. So they say, uh, we're out, right? You know, we're out? Yeah, we're, we're not under you anymore? Nope. And so the Stooges attack. Um <laughs> I was kind of smiling at this when they get him back because, really, he's just over-the-top violent. But the Stooges get him. They immediately, Mo pokes him in the eyes, and then they pull his shirt over his head so he can't see. And he's standing there, Moe punching him in the stomach repeatedly, and Larry pulling out armpit hair. Curly, meanwhile, sneaks behind and uh, finds a board with nails in it. <laughs> and uh, he takes uh, he starts hitting Sarge in the butt with this nailed board. Even the mule kicks Sarge. The Stooges then they pull a little bit uh, where they they stand like uh, the revolutionary, the famous Revolutionary War soldiers, ones in the sling and the and they march away whistling. I don't even know what song that is, but the Revolutionary War March song. Anyway, that's not it. So we cut to 1935, which is 17 years later. This one cuts all over the. I mean, it's. I think this is the only one where there's such a long cut. There might be one later when they get married, with, with uh, where Shemp gets married or, or something to that effect. Anyway, anyhow, that's a long cut. 17 years later, we see the Stooges shuffling down the street. They're down on their luck. They've got holes in their shoes and whatnot. As a matter of fact, Curly, I'd never seen this little gag before, but Curly pulls his shoe up his leg in order to scratch his foot, revealing that he's got no sole on his shoe. The point of wearing a shoe is kind of <laughs> defeated. So they, uh, we see Vernon Dent in his first scene with the Stooges. He is uh, eating by himself in a restaurant. He's got a huge table of food. He's got a whole chicken and various other things. A dog shows up, which is evidently the Stooges' dog, which we've never, we haven't seen before. But the Stooges look, you know, through the window like urchins, street urchins. Curly whispers to the dog, and the dog runs inside and grabs the chicken off the table. He brings the chicken back out, and the Stooges, I don't know, I guess evidently thought he was just going to deliver the chicken to them, but he does not, obviously, he runs off, so the Stooges are now chasing the dog, and Dent runs out, Vernon Dent runs out, he's chasing the boys. He catches up to them, they run, there's a bunch of people coming out of the recruiting office, the army recruiting office, they run into them and fall down, so he he, he catches them, he he stands Mo up and he slaps him, and Mo says, oh, a face slapper, eh? And Curly says, for two cents I'd punch you in the face. So Dent gives him two cents. Curly says, oh, I I raised my price. (laughs) I thought it was great. So Larry says, we just need a job. We didn't mean nothing. We ain't eight in a week. So Dent sees the sign and he says, oh, you need a job? Go up there. You know, he sees the army sign and and he says, uh, he cons them into going upstairs. Go into this room and sign the papers and you'll have a job. So they go up, of course, and uh, Moe and Larry sign. Curly notices a sign for the army. And every time he says, uh, every time he tries to warn them, they don't want to hear it. Moe eventually tells him, Every time you think you weaken the nation, (laughs) they sign up for the army, you're in. So they try to run, like, Oh no, we're not doing that. But there's Sarge in the doorway. You remember him? And Curly says, Yeah, his mother and my mother were both mothers. (laughs) That was a pretty funny line. So Bully Sarge, he says, uh, let's test your hearing. And so he has them dip their head in a bucket of water, in a trough of water, where he shoots a pistol underneath, deafening all of the stooges. He leads them over to the captain. The captain starts asking him questions. They can't hear. They go back and forth with the, you know, corn. Horn. What year were you born? What? Corn? I, I don't like corn. Horns? I don't like, I don't hear any horn. That's. They go back and forth with that. And Curly says, born? Yeah, I was born upstairs in the front room. <laughs> Eventually, Captain says, would you fight for this republic? And Mo says, yeah, I'm a republican. Larry says, I'm a democrat. And Curly says, I'm a pedestrian. Which I thought was a pretty, pretty funny little gag. They haven't eaten in a week. And uh, they're super hungry. Captain tells Sarge to go get him some food. And he comes back with a box of tomatoes. Yum. Of course. But the Stooges just start devouring them. They're just eating tomatoes like crazy. (laughs) Uh, Sarge picks up a tomato. For whatever reason, he throws one. He misses and uh, goes right out the window. And it hits a general who is standing outside the window. The general happens to be the director from the previous short, he played the director in the previous short, Harry Semmels. Uh, he played Svein Sveinhart. Sweinhart, pig who cares? <laughs> Anyhow, he's uncredited in this, but you know. So we cut to uh the boys. They are delivering spittoons from what it looked that's the only thing I could tell. They he says they're delivering loving cups, but they're they're certainly not loving cups. I think they're spittoons of different sizes. I couldn't tell. They're so they knock over the whole table. Larry ends up buried under them, and he ends up with two, one on each hand. We cut again to the boys. They are recruits standing at a cannon, where we, we get another instance of a recurring gag in this short, where they all salute. You know, Larry salutes and knocks Moe with his elbow. Moe salutes and knocks Curly with his elbow. Curly salutes, and he's got no one to knock, and he's frustrated about it. <laughs> the boys fall asleep standing up while they're getting their orders, instructions, you know, at the cannon. It takes him about five seconds to fall asleep. Sarge tells him, uh, Go get shells and powder. Get back here double quick. And while they're gone, training is postponed and everyone is dismissed. The Admiral is coming, but he wants to see, he's going to be late or something to that effect. He wants to see the the cannon practice. But the Stooges miss this order because they were getting the shells and powder. So they show up on a cart. Full of bombs and TNT, and uh, Mo is smoking a cigarette. (laughs) He lights the cigarette on the cart, as a matter of fact. You don't see Mo smoking as often. I I thought it was odd, anyhow. They load the cannon themselves, and they look out, and we see a ship. And it's the Admiral's ship, turns out. They don't know that. Hey, look. Our target is that ship we'll just do it ourselves, you know. They load the cannon and they get it ready. They sing a couple of song bits that have to be a reference to to a song that's currently, you know, at the time going, but I had no idea I didn't recognize it. I didn't recognize the tune or any bit of it and I didn't see anything on any of the websites that I checked. One is sung by Curly and then one is sung by all three of them. So like I said, it's got to be a reference to a song at the time. So anyway, the Stooges load the cannon and fire. They blow up a smokestack. It falls over. (laughs) The general, we cut, you know, in another, looks up and says, who did that? And they start running toward the cannon. Meanwhile, the boys are spinning the cannon around. They're turning the wheel, and it's spinning, you know, and they turn the other wheel, and it's going up and down. Uh, Fire! And they show a building. It blows up. One of them says, I don't know, I think it was Mo who says, uh, I don't know where that one went, but I hope it didn't blow up the pool hall. They huddle up like they're in a football game and then they jump like they're on the line and then they run up and load it again and fire and then they, they've they blown up a bridge. So the Stooges are on a roll here. They are blowing up the whole city of where they're, uh, where the army base is. Then they go into a bidding gag where it's how many, how many, we bid one, bid two, bid three, here we go, whatever, bid three. Curly says, sold to the man with the curly locks and then fire and they blow up the admiral's ship. Which is like, wow, they sink the ship. Meanwhile, now the general and uh, the sergeant and some officers finally uh, run up on the boys. And he says, who fired those shots? All of them say, I did, I did. You know, they all take credit. But Mo he smacks them all and says, no, no, it was only me. It was me. Sarge says, you all did it, so come on over here with me. And he lines them up. He says, "Maybe, maybe he's going to take our picture. Sarge aims the cannon down at the boys, and fire! We're left with three pairs of smoking shoes, and that's the end of the short. This is the first one where the boys are killed. That happens in a few over the course of their careers where they're killed at the end, but not many, and I thought it was striking. I'll be honest with you, I hadn't seen this one in a long time. If I'd ever seen the whole thing. it was There were parts of it that were vaguely familiar. It, like I said, it was striking that they're killed. It has been criticized, and rightly so, I think, for its excessive non-comic violence in that McGillicuddy is just too over-the-top and too mean and too actual violent. Like I said, it's, not, it's non-com- non-comedic non violence. This one was rumored to be banned in Holland because of its violence. Even on the websites that I saw, they said that that could not be corroborated. So it's just rumored to have been banned by the censorship board in Holland. This is the last short where Curly is spelled C-U-R-L-E-Y. So going forward, it's just Curly, C-U-R-L-Y. This is also the first Columbia short with no female cast. Not just the first Stooges short, but evidently the very first Columbia Pictures short with no female cast at all. This one, oddly, on Three uh, ThreeStooges.net, it got 9.29 eye pokes out of 10. I was just not a fan of this one overall. I would say maybe six and a half, maybe a seven overall. Some of the gags were funny. Some of the gags were, you know, were good. And there's some, some, some lines that were, uh, you know, that were, that were funny. I thought this one, you know, it made me laugh a few times, but not this is just not... It's a, a swing and a miss, I thought, as far as this one goes. But in reading the reviews on ThreeStooges.net, I think there were 12 or 15 reviews from fans, and they were all 10... Not all. There were a couple that... I think one gave them a 5 out of 10. But the rest, the majority were 10 out of 10 reviews. I just couldn't believe it. So this one really is beloved by the fan base. I, on the other hand, I thought it was is a bit much. Anyhow, that's going to wrap it up for... Uh, This episode of the Three Stooges Throwback, thank you for listening. You can head to the Three Stooges Throwback podcast Facebook page to comment or whatever. If you like the show, please give a five-star review on iTunes. The show originates from Potomatic.com, which is great. Anchor.fm is another place that I post it to. I've just decided to send it out from two spots because the one at Potomatic also includes the... uh, profiles of uh, silent era stars and frankly it was easier to just keep that one going but I can't change the RSS feed on that one so in order to have a Three Stooges throwback I've put it on another site as well but I've decided to keep them both going because what the heck maybe that'll give me more listeners more chances to listen more opportunities for people to hear all that type of stuff you know I'm a hobbyist at this and so that's how it is but again that's going to do it for this episode, please join me again next time for the 15th, which is a big one. It's Disorder in the Court. That's one of the classics that everyone remembers. A tarantula. <laughs> so, anyway, I have been your host, Gabriel Russo. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>